This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is a phenomenal football Friday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. It is You Better You Bet. And it is you here with us on the BetQL Network. Simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. We got a badass two hours of wagertainment coming your way to get you set to bet and win this weekend on the National Football League and Monday National Championship game in college football with Michigan and Washington. Colin Wilson from the Big Bets on Campus podcast joins us in 20 minutes talking the natty. So too will Rod Gilmore from ESPN. Rod Gilmore, ESPN college football analyst, stops by in 40 minutes. Next hour on the show, Brad Evans stops by, our stadium teammate from Live on the Line, giving us prop bets for Week 18 in the National Football League. And also next hour on the show, we'll be reading your favorite football bets for the weekend, you being the people watching the show right now on YouTube and Twitch, youtube.com backslash odyssey sports twitch.tv backslash betql type your favorite football bet in for week 18 in the nfl in the chats and uh ken and i will talk about them coming up next hour on the show whether we like your bet or not not that that means it's going to win or lose but we'll talk about it how we feel about the bet could be sides totals parlays teasers props whatever type your favorite bet coming up in the nfl this weekend in the chats on youtube and twitch we will discuss next hour on the show. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity on this phenomenal football Friday, five words that start with P, is our friend Sam Paniotovich from Nesson, Fox Sports, and the Chicken Dinner Podcast on Twitter at SP Shoot. Sammy, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy New Year, my friend. How's it going? It's going well. I just want you to know I am standing outside in 27 degree Boston to take this phone call with you guys. And I can only hope, <laughs> I can only hope the temperature is worse, and the wind and weather is worse this Sunday. I mean, we're, we're talking about potentially – I know how some of these weather people go. You know, they, they tell you there's going to be 12 inches of snow, and then there's three. But, I mean, if it's anywhere near this on Sunday, added into a 20-mile-an-hour wind, I don't know how we're going to see any offense at Foxborough. Yeah, Sam, and here in Connecticut – on Saturday night to Sunday morning, we're supposed to get like almost a foot of snow. So I think the question for the, the Jets Patriots game, obviously on Sunday is just like, is it still awful by the time the game starts? I think is like the only question, like it's going to be awful. Can it be awful from one to 4 PM Eastern? That's what, and how many kicking prop unders can I bet if that's going to be the case? That's like really all we have left to, uh, to figure out. We were doing Sam, a lot of NFL awards. I know you have some games you want to talk about too, including that Jets Patriots game and maybe how to play the total. But just we were doing a ton of NFL awards. I'm just curious. You know, I know you you kind of like, you know, you'll hop in and bet a market if you think there's like a really valuable long shot to bet. I think you made like Tyreek MVP isn't going to win. I think you made a great bet this year that had a chance to age really, really well. I'm just curious with one week to go. So many of these award markets still seem up in the air. Have you been shopping anything? Both rookie markets have moved a lot. Comeback player of the year. Uh, offensive player of the year with Tyreek seemingly still alive, defensive player of the year. Nobody seems to know anything. Did anything catch your eye this week when you were looking at all this stuff? You know, I, the one guy that I wanted to get down on that I couldn't was Kobe Turner. Uh, obviously that's been discussed by 
people that whacked it quicker than I could. He's down to like five to one at one shop. Um, but no, there's, there's really nothing. I can tell you this though, Ken, a lot of these books, what they'll do now is they'll take these favorites. Like if, if they have a position on a guy like Demar Hamlin, they're going to make everybody else a little more expensive. And there will be people that will look at, you know, Baker Mayfield's odds or Matthew Stafford's odds or even Joe Flacco's odds now. And remember, Flacco was 100 to 1 a month ago, five weeks ago, and now he's like between a dollar and $2. And they'll go, ooh, look what I can get. And, and the reality is, you know, most of these favorites are going to win. So I, I guess my advice would be this simple. Don't mind these longer shots because they're, they're probably not going to happen. I, I know that's sort of a cop-out answer, but – a lot of this stuff is mostly done. I think the one interesting guy that I thought about was Makua for Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's only like 50 yards away from breaking the rookie record, I think. Maybe there's a case there. But then what happens if C.J. Stroud gets the Texans into the playoffs? He's probably going to win the award. So I feel like most of this stuff is decided. But I know for a fact some of these books across America are going to take these dogs and make them bigger dogs because they believe in the favorites. And they're just trying to take your money. Now listen, like when these numbers come up, the lesson is you gotta you gotta whack them pretty quickly when these numbers come up. You gotta make sure that uh, that someone else doesn't someone else doesn't whack them first. You gotta whack them quickly yourself. Sammy, let's go to uh, to Sunday here in the National Football League. You referenced the weather right now in Foxborough, and just like in the Northeast, like I walked outside this morning and like immediately wanted to walk back inside because it was like 20 degrees this morning. So big time cold front snow expected here in the Northeast. And Sammy, I think that leads us to the first bet that you really like this weekend. Uh, Tell us what you like here coming up with the Jets and the Patriots Sunday in Foxborough. And maybe, maybe the swan song for Billy B as head coach of the New England Patriots. Yeah, there was a report from the Boston Herald, Andrew Callahan, with some help from Doug Kide. They were basically just putting Belichick on the spit and turning him over and over and over again. It's just a lot of bad stuff around that team. And I don't know. I don't know that there's any edge sidewise. I mean, I, I know the public likes the Patriots, the Jets suck, but I mean, the Patriots suck too. So um, as I said off the top, I'm, I'm walking around Boston outside right now. I've been on the phone for three minutes. I can't feel my hand. So I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like on Sunday. I know these guys are professional athletes, and I'm a dork that wears glasses, but it's it's freaking cold out here, man. <laughs> and it's it's really, you know, I wanted to get ahead of it. I know that this total, like South Point open 32, Superbook open 34, it's mostly 30 and a half. But here's what's going to happen. These networks are going to put the cameras on all these stadiums in the Northeast on Sunday, and, and you're going to see the snow and the plows and – the, the flag's whipping left to right, and you're going to go, oh, I, I like the under. And and that 30-and-a-half, which is pretty low, it honestly, guys, on a Friday afternoon might not be low enough. Like, if we see Foxborough buried in snow and nobody can, like, see eight yards in front of them, that total could be 27-and-a-half. So, all that said, even if we don't get the heavy snow, the wind ain't going anywhere. And, and two backup quarterbacks that have no weapons – no receivers aside from Wilson on the Jets. It's just going to be an ugly game. And these teams have nothing to play for. They're going to just get out of there, go on to the offseason. I think it's like a 16-10 final. So at 30 and a half, I'm under. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to be with you, Sam. I was, I was already looking at so many prop markets for this game, like safety, defensive touchdown, just like stuff and stuff implying just the defenses are way better than the offenses and it might be a blizzard. Um, Another uh, trend or angle that comes up a lot of times, same in the final week of the season, the teams that have something to play for 
against the teams that don't have anything to play for. And frequently you'll obviously see this priced in where the team that has something to play for will get kind of like bet out or they'll open a bigger favorite. There's been value historically on like these teams that seemingly like don't want, don't care, or, or maybe you're going to lose the game. I think that's that probably has something to do at least with your angle here in Tampa and Carolina, where Carolina's gotten bet down, uh, bet down, excuse me, Tampa only a four and a half point favorite Todd Bowles saying earlier today, Baker Mayfield, despite his rib injury is going to start and play in the game. So like good news for, Baker Mayfield comeback player of the year people or anybody's got Tampa to make the playoffs. What's your bet here? Tampa and Carolina with Tampa, obviously playing for the division. I learned a lot of things living in Vegas. And one that always really stuck with me was I came off the set one time I was hosting at VEASAN and I, I was talking with Chris Andrews about a game and I had liked a team that was at the time like eight and seven and had to win. Cause you only had 16 games back then. And I said, look, this team needs to win. I, I really like them. And Chris put his arm around me and said, buddy, they have to win because they're not that good. And that, that sort of always stuck with me. Now, in a vacuum, I don't think that's true across the board, but I don't remember an appetite for people to bet a team that's 8-8 eight and eight in the worst division in football, laying points on the road. Let's go back a month. Tampa Bay is a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Carolina. Now the game goes to Charlotte, and Tampa's laying more? Like, I know Tampa's been playing better ball, but Carolina, for all this talk about Carolina's got nothing to play for, Carolina freaking hates Tampa. And Carolina also doesn't have its first-round pick. That's going to Chicago. I think the Panthers come out here and try and knock Tampa out of the playoffs. And you're going to see them play loose. You might see some trickeration. you got guys playing for jobs next year. Don't think that Tampa is a layup. And, and, and it's funny, you know, a lot of these books are telling me, well, seven of every ten bets and eight of every ten bets are on Tampa. Yet the line has moved from five and a half to four and a half. So I'm going to take the two-win team. It's not going to be popular, but it's already done, boys. It's already done. All right, so Sammy rolling with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Make maybe maybe you need David Tepper throw a drink in Baker Mayfield's face before like a critical fourth down play. We'll see how it goes coming up on Sunday. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here. Phenomenal football Friday. Our guest is Sam Paniadovich, Nesson Fox Sports Chicken Dinner Podcast on Twitter at SP Shoot and. Uh, Sam, we appreciate you being outside because my hands always hurt when I'm outside in the cold for too long, and Sam's holding the phone right now to his ear. We very much appreciate it. Sam, let's get your thoughts on the Natty coming up on Monday. No, you have a college basketball bet um, for tonight, I believe, that we'll get to in a minute here. But thoughts on Michigan and Washington in the national championship game. At BetMGM, the current side in total, Michigan, a f- again, between four and four and a half. We'll call it four and a half. Michigan favored by four and a half. Total 56 and a half. What do you like here, uh, Michigan and Washington in the national championship game? Yeah, I thought this game, I mean, going into the, the semifinals, I had Michigan six on Washington. And obviously you come a little bit lower than that because Michigan wins in overtime and Washington wins outright against Texas. But I, I still think my true number on the game is like five, five and a half, which you know, if you're talking Wolverines minus five and a half, that's a money line price of minus 250. And I haven't done this all season. You guys know me. I'm usually minus 110 or plus money. I did lay 130 once this year. I put Michigan money line in. This feels like one of those underpriced boxers, you know, like when we saw Mayweather McGregor. Mayweather should have been minus 1,000, not minus 400. I, I think Michigan should be like 250, 270. And Two things work against the price. Number one, Penix threw for 430 yards, and, and, and Washington money line is very popular right now. Number two, think about this. All those Washington futures from like a month out, 
at 25 to one and 20 to one. And then coming into the PAC 12 championship, it's 12 to one. All of that distorts the price. So I, you know, I was hoping to lay three, three and a half. That ain't possible. What I will do though, is take the money that we've made the last five weeks, spend a little extra and lay Michigan money line. I know it might be square. I don't give a damn at minus 190. When I think it should be minus 250, I have an edge and I'm going to bet it. And here's the best part. If Michigan's up 11 and Washington scores late to lose by four, I'm good. So Michigan just cares about winning. And for the extra 80 cents, I'm willing to bet and find out. Oh man. I just, I hope they win. I really, really do. It'd be really nice. Uh, also, I, I don't know what the square bet's going to end up being in the games. I Michigan money line would be like my last pick of what the square bet is going to be in the game. My bet is Washington to win is probably going to be the square bet in the game. Not that that has to win or lose, just what I think the square bet's going to be. We have like a, about a minute, 90 seconds left, Sam. Nick and I were talking before the show, actually, and just like, you know, it's, a, it's like the first week of January. I'm still not into college hoops at all. I know Nick isn't either. Usually when we kind of, you know, we have our heads buried in the NFL season, and when we when we come up for air after the Super Bowl, that's when we start really getting into this stuff. But you have a bet tonight in college hoops. It's actually a better slate than I expected for a Friday night uh, in a Big Ten game. Why don't you tell us about it here in, uh, in about a minute? Yeah, if my phone will hold up against the uh, the weather out here, I will I will get through to it. Um, I uh, on chicken dinner we talked about this bet earlier in the week. Purdue was a six and a half point favorite at Maryland, and Maryland was getting a lot of the money because you know Maryland's very good at home which is dumb. doesn't matter what they did four years ago. It matters about this team. Purdue rolled them. And now Purdue's laying 10.5 at home against Illinois. It was 10.5. I don't know what it is right now, but we took 10.5 and 10. Illinois down Terrence Shannon, but Illinois moved the ball really well in its last game. Illinois got three guys that can sort of give Edie fits. I like Purdue a lot. I think they're national title good, but I don't think they're 10 points better than Illinois in West Lafayette. So I took the points with the orange and blue uh, even without Terrence Shannon, I like him. Still sitting, by the way, at 10.5 right now at our show sponsor, Bet MGM. Sammy, we appreciate it, brother. I got to tell you, man, being outside in this weather is, is no fun. Uh, check Sammy out on Nesson. Read his work over at Fox Sports. Also check him out with our pal Chris Felica on the Bear Bets podcast. And Sammy's sports betting podcast is Chicken Dinner, and he's on Twitter at SB Shoot. My friend, good luck with all the bets this weekend. Uh, stay well, and we will talk to you for the NFL playoffs. Ooh, I'm excited. Happy New Year, guys. See ya. <laughs> Sam Pettiotta for joining us. He's basically like, please get to the outro please, so I can please. go inside. Well, well, he'd be talking, and all of a sudden they'd be like, and I'd be like, oh, that sounds miserable. <laughs> like, oh, that sounds, that sounds just awful. <laughs> it is. We've had a very mild start to the winter here, like last couple weeks over the holidays, obviously. It hasn't been that bad. Not anymore. Not not anymore. <laughs> it's chill your bones kind of weather outside. It's going to be that way this weekend, which we'll obviously get into when we talk about the, the Patriots-Jets game. And I'm very like, I, I, I hate warming up my car. And I feel like uh, I have It's to so depressing. Weather. It's always the time of your day when, you, when you're the most just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, it's always when the car is warming up. It's always when you end up asking yourself that question. And you know what I do? I don't. I just get it. I get in that some bitch and I just start driving. <laughs> Why well, ask the and tough I'm, questions? You just speed away, you know? And I'm, and, I, and I'm freezing for a couple of minutes. What can you do? All right. On the other side, more expert analysis for the national championship game, Michigan and Washington. Our good friend Colin Wilson for the Big Bets on Campus podcast and the Action Network stops by to dish on all things national title. 
That's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. To advance to the national championship game, Ewers lobs it up and it is incomplete. Intended for Mitchell. Elijah Jackson had the coverage. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Light to a bit of fly on the Colin Wilson wall on Monday night with his like huge ticket on Washington and a huge price to win the national championship is that final pass from Quinn Ewers is in the air. And then probably probably once you saw it was headed like eight yards out of the end zone, like Colin probably felt pretty good about it. But I mean, that moment when like the ball leaves the hand is probably, I got, that's probably one of the great sweats he's had. And he's probably had, had a lot of them. Our friend Colin Wilson joins us in just a second here on the show to talk the natty on Monday night with Michigan and Washington. But want to remind our live audience, Rod Gilmore from ESPN joins us in 20 minutes. He'll also talk the national championship game. And to our uh, viewers of the show right now on YouTube and Twitch, please continue sending in your favorite NFL bet for the weekend could be Saturday could be Sunday aside a total a parlay a prop a teaser whatever it is type it into the chat youtube.com backslash odyssey sports switch.tv backslash betql Ken and I will read them and talk about them and shout you out coming up next hour here on you better you bet but joining us right now the aforementioned Colin Wilson. Always great having a college football season with Colin Wilson here on the show been providing amazing analysis all season long and uh the last one here talking college football, which is really sad. On Twitter, at underscore Colin1, Colin spelled with two L's. He writes for our friends over at the Action Network. And the podcast is Big Bets on Campus with other friends of You Better You Bet, Brett McMurphy and Stucky. They support us. Support them and check out their podcast and all of Colin's work. My friend, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, Happy New Year. I, I am guessing that the end of the Sugar Bowl was uh, was pretty a pretty eventful one in your household. It, well, it's funny. I was at the Rose Bowl, and I, the first half of the game, I could I could stream the game and watch it, but we were stuck in one-lane traffic out of the Rose Bowl on the way back to the hotel. Got the second half back at the hotel, and I just feel so bad for my wife, who was falling asleep, and I was jumping up and down. I think I did a cartwheel off the bed. I made her wake up, do fist bumps, knuckles, high fives, uh, everything in the world when uh, Washington played defense, smacked the Quinn Ewers, passed down. Uh, advancing that 100-to-1 ticket in the national title. So uh, really my wife got the brunt of what it's like to be around me when uh, the celebration went on. So (laughs) props to her. And Colin, I know you mentioned last week when you joined us uh, from California that you were going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, What was it like being at that game? Obviously ends up kind of a classic. Michigan finally wins a playoff game. They beat Alabama. Uh, What was it like being there? Well, it was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you get up to the press box, and there's a lot of the other media conglomerates up there, and they want to know immediately, like, why is Michigan up to two? Why is Michigan up to two and a half? And I'm like, money. <laughs> there's big money coming in here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see this go down to the wire. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing money hit here. I'm seeing money hit here. And, and Michigan ultimately is probably going to win the game. And, and, you know, it was just a wild scene. I could just name off the celebrities that were up there in the press boxes. I'm sorry, in the, in the luxury, the Michigan luxury boxes, which is what side the, the media boxes were on. Uh, getting to be down on the field before the game, after the game, it really gives you insight into who's injured or, you know, maybe some whispers going around from other people that cover the team locally about who's going to have a bad game, who's going to have a good game. Like, they're, 
is somebody very well connected to the Alabama program that was talking about how Milrow has struggled in practices. And I thought to myself, this information is just unbelievably wealthy at this moment. Uh, so I'm on my way down right now. I'm actually in the airport on the way down to Houston. Player media day is tomorrow. I plan on focusing Dylan Johnson, the running back for Washington, who was in a walking boot after the Sugar Bowl. He's so important to the Washington play-action pass. Uh, and then I'll be there for the coaches' uh, media day on Sunday. And uh, pregame, I'll be tweeting live from the field and, and see if Dylan Johnson can cut or be a big part of this Washington offense. Well, we'll get to the bets for the game in a second, but I want to go back to something that you said in another answer in this interview, Colin. Though, so when you woke your wife up, she was, like, pumped. She was giving you – because, like, I, whenever I wake my wife up, like when Julius Randle hit the three-pointer last year against the Heat that got the double bang from Mike Breen, she's usually quite cross with me. So your wife was – so that, that – that, I think that's great for you, man. Your wife your wife loved it when you woke her up, I'm guessing, for the uh, for the Washington win. It helps when the wives know there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? So I mean, if you just wake them up for a random bucket, there's no money on the line. But, I mean, at this stage, Fair you enough. know, when you've been married to someone long enough, if there's a pot of gold at the end, they'll wake up. Yeah, no no prenup. So I just, you know, like, oh, I, that, that's good. Great for me, too. This is all. It's, it's, it's a community pot. That's what you got to learn as, uh, as time goes on here. Let's, uh, let's start talking about, Colin, some of the markets for the national championship game. And... I, I'll just, I, I think it will be tough to divorce yourself from this, but like I know you have, like we all know you have Washington for a ton of money. Let's just pretend you didn't, because I think like an objective examination of this game, at least for most of our live audience, will probably yield the best results because like they don't win the same thing that you do on Washington. So if you had nothing going in the game, and UC will do the side first, that Michigan's a four and a half point favorite. Whether people care or not, the look-aheads last week on this were like six or seven. Michigan, a bigger favorite. Washington looks good. They win. That's how you get four and a half. Just in terms of the side, Colin, if you did not have your Washington ticket, uh, what would you bet in the national championship game in terms of the point spread? I would be betting Michigan, and I would be looking to buy the best number at four. Minus 115 would be my boundary. Every time it gets to five, there's a little bit of a buyback. There's some cheap minus 105s out there that you can buy four down to minus 115. But that's the side you have to go. And really, it's because... The Michigan offense is more stable and more predictable about what's going to happen here than on the other side of the ball with Washington. From a Michigan perspective, it's all about Blake Corum running. Michigan runs inside zone, counter, power, all of these run concepts that Washington has been terrible at defending all year. And, you know, it, it, Corum is going to get weak side guards pulling, double tight end sets. There's going to be blockers for every single Washington run defender out there, and, and Michigan's just going to be able to burn as many minutes as they want off the clock, get into scoring position. And, I mean, the number, the splits in the red zone are just unbelievable. Michigan is seventh highest in rushing TDs in the red zone, and Washington is bottom 15 nationally in allowing rushing TDs in the red zone. And if you go back and look at Michigan's history, like the last five games dating back to Penn State, Blake Corum has had about 25 to 28 touches in the red zone. And there's been only been three other touches to other players, two to Donovan Edwards, one to Samaj Morgan. So it is the Blake Corum show. I don't see Washington having any chance of stopping that. And, th- and frankly, Texas and Oregon didn't stop the run either. They, they allowed 6.2 yards per play in rushing attempts by Texas and Oregon. The problem was third downs. Like Washington is playing so far ahead of their, uh, above their head and defensive uh, third downs. They're 81st on the season, but they held Texas and Oregon to 7 of 21. So I see that playing out a lot differently here. Michigan's never coming out of standard downs. They're going to be into scoring position a lot. But the other side of the ball is where it gets – I mean, it seems like every contested ball, every 50-50 ball that Washington put up, what catch was made by one of their receivers. Now that can happen again 
with against Michigan in this secondary. They're a tick up better than what we have with Texas in their secondary. But I'm not expecting any pressure here from Michigan either. I mean, these two tackles on the outside that are protecting Penix have given up two sacks and four quarterback hits and over 1,100 combined snaps. So uh, I don't see pressure coming down on that. But Michigan's going to do a better job of getting Penix to move, and they're going to do a better job in 50-50 balls that Texas just had no chance of swatting away or playing any defense. So I do see this being a tighter game. I don't think Michigan's going to run away with it. That's definitely the side that I'm leaning on. Also, the penalty factor is has to be discussed. Michigan, second in the nation in penalties. Washington, 132nd. And this ACC ref crew coming in, highest number of defensive pass interference and personal foul calls of any officiating crew in college football. There's going to be a lot of extra field position, yards. I think that leads to points. There's a push on the over. I like the over, too. Uh, but you're going to see some resistance. A lot of numbers guys make this about 55. But if you want a game where it's going to creep up to about 52, 54 points, and all of a sudden the refs make the difference in this going over, it screams that that's what's going to happen in this game. All right, you better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Friday. We are talking the national championship game, Michigan and Washington, with our pal Colin Wilson. Big bets on campus podcast, the Action Network on Twitter at underscore Colin one. Colin spelled. With two L's. All right, Colin, you, Colin telling you he likes Michigan if he had no position previously. Michigan to win the game, cover the spread, and uh, likes the over a little bit as well, setting 55.5, 56.5, thinks the refs may, uh, may may play a role in that. So, Colin, what about what about some player props here that you might be eyeing for this game? Uh, what about that, player props for the national championship game? Yeah, I've been on a hunt for the last 48 hours to find a Michael Penix rushing prop. I, I, I will get him by Monday. I don't see – I still don't see any out there now – Michael Penix had 44 rushing yards going into the Sugar Bowl last week. Then he had 30 rushing yards last week, two off of design, two design runs and one scramble. And you think to yourself, this guy hasn't run all year. He hasn't needed to. And he's had two ACL tears. And you just kind of figured that he wasn't a part of the plan, the offensive plan to be taking off on his own. I contend that this has been in the playbook all year, and they've never had to use it. And they finally had to use it against Texas, and he ripped off 30 yards in that game. Now, if you go on a season-long average, it's about 5.2 yards per game. He does have maybe one or two design run calls per game. I think it's completely on the table here, considering Michigan has great defensive edge that, that can do some work against these offensive tackles, create some sort of blitz from the outside that may push Penix up through the middle. And if you look at the direction of Michael Penix's design runs, it's all over center. So it makes sense. You're going to call that play when you're getting pressure from the outside. I would take it up to 14 and a half. Now, I haven't seen it on the board, so I don't know where it's going to come in at. If you see a five or a nine or a, a 11 and a half, I'm going to be firing as much as I can until they lock me out. But I, I do like Penix on his rushing over. And then on the Michigan side, Blake Corum scored two TDs on the ground in nine of 14 games. That's 57%. That correlates to a minus 130 bet that Blake Corum can score two rushing TDs. That number is not minus 130. That number is anywhere from plus 110 to plus 150 out there in the market. I would play Blake Corum, two 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 plus rushing touchdowns, all the way up to minus 130. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, the quorum props are definitely up everywhere. And Colin, I know you were quoting a price on that because they are listed. Uh, I can't find Penix anywhere because you, you say that, and I, I'm thinking to myself as you're giving that answer. Oh yeah, those design runs against Texas worked like really, really well. Like a man, as like a as a person who needs Michigan to win the title, those plays terrify me because obviously they're really good generating explosive pass plays down the field. All right, so I think some really good thoughts there on the national championship game. It's like I'm actually really, really excited for it. Like Michigan bets or not. Uh, 
Colin, would it surprise you to learn? Maybe it wouldn't because you're really plugged in on this stuff. There's already a market open on the Heisman Trophy for next season. And this does not have to be even like a very intelligent opinion. It's January 5th. The award will be handed out in 11 months, 12 months, basically almost a year from right now. But I just want to read you these odds. I think people would just be curious, like, how does the market even start getting formed for something like this? So there are three co-favorites. Quinn uh, Ewers, Beck, and Milrow. So the quarterbacks for Texas, Georgia, and Alabama are plus 750. Dylan Gabriel, who's now the quarterback at Oregon, is 10 to 1. Will Howard, who was recently announced he's Ohio State starting quarterback transfer, he's 15. Nico, the guy from Tennessee, I can never pronounce his last name correctly, 15. Jackson Arnold, 18, Oklahoma. Connor Wigman, 18. Nussmeyer, 20, it's LSU starting quarterback. JJ McCarthy, 20. Uh, Riley Leonard, who transferred to Notre Dame from Duke, is 25. In, even if this is just like your first thought about the Heisman Trophy this year, I just think it's fun that there's a market open already. Any thoughts on this to close? Yeah, I was going to wait. There. I have a piece coming out after the national championship on who I think can win the national title next year, and I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with your logic around the Heisman. There is a team out there, and I'm going to give it away right away. And I, I hope it doesn't move the number before I get a chance to buy it. But And I, I need the right number for this team, too. Also, I don't like the number that's out there in FanDuel. I think it will come in higher at other shops, so I'm going to wait. But there's a team out there that doesn't have to play a conference championship they completely cleaned house on the offensive side, went and got one of the best offensive coordinators in the nation, and they got one of the best quarterback transfers, and that team is Notre Dame. So the job that I have over the next couple of days is to sit down with schedules, power rating adjustments, kind of look and see, because this Notre Dame schedule is junk. I mean, it's too easy. It's not even fair. So Riley Leonard, and remember, what's the criteria for winning the Heisman? Generally, it's a team that is contending for a national championship or at least makes their conference championship games. If Notre Dame who doesn't play a conference championship game, wins you know wins every game except for one, one loss going in the postseason, they are going to host a playoff game in South Bend, which is going to be one of the biggest things ever in college football, led by a quarterback that we all loved at Duke with, <laughs> you know, he's getting an upgrade at every single position. He's getting an upgraded offensive line, and he's getting the best offensive coordinator, Mike Denbach, coming from LSU, who just, you know, did everything at LSU for a couple of years. He's coming up to Notre Dame to be his offensive coordinator. I love Notre Dame to make a playoff I love Notre Dame to host a playoff game, and Riley Leonard's going to get a lot of attention because of that next year. I'm not sure they have the depth and enough five stars to win the national title, but if the criteria for Heisman is make the playoff and have a chance, boy, you Notre Dame and Riley Leonard are way up on the list. Colin, in like 15 seconds, any reflections, because you're talking about Notre Dame hosting a playoff game. This is the last year of like college football as we know it. Any like a- any thoughts on that, man? As like a lifelong, like diehard college football fan, college football better here in about ten, fifteen seconds. They got it right finally. Well, you know, even when they went to the BCS, Auburn went undefeated and make the mid make the final championship game. I think the the fourteen playoff was great. I think it's helped us cut out co champions. It's helped us pick the right teams, and finally, college football admits it's a professional league and it's made for TV. Hell. That just got me really excited. Yes, yes, it is. And, the, you know, who likes to watch TV? Me yeah. and everybody else. Uh, Colin, great job, man. The absolute best. Been coming on with us all season. Please support him. Check out his work at the Action Network. Big bets on campus. On Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin, of course, spelled with two L's. My friend, hope you get some W's coming up on Monday night, my friend. Enjoy the game. Stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Coming up next, more national championship talk. Rod Gilmore from ESPN. Next. 
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Great interview with our pal Colin Wilson. Talking about the national championship game, Michigan and Washington. Absolutely can't wait for it coming up on Monday. Our pal Rod Gilmore is going to join us in just a second from ESPN. We had Rod on once earlier this season. It was magnificent, so pumped to welcome him back to the show. He'll join us in just a second. I want to remind our live audience, though, specifically those watching on YouTube and Twitch, keep on sending in your favorite football bet for the weekend. Uh, we will read those bets coming up next hour on the show. We'll tell you what we think about them. Sides, totals, parlays, props, teasers, whatever. Whatever your favorite football bet is for the weekend, send them in on YouTube and Twitch. We will read them starting next hour and talk about them, tell you what we think about them, and shout you out here on You Better, You Bet. And all our takes, all our bets, all our thoughts for the weekend and for tonight's slate of games coming up in the final hour of the show. But, man, how, how, how great is this? National championship game coming up on Monday. No one better when it comes to breaking down the sport of college football than our pal Rod Gilmore, who was on again with us earlier in the season. We loved it, needed to get him back on before the national championship game. And I uh, know it's a busy time for him, so happy he was able to take a couple minutes out to talk to us. ESPN college football analyst Rod Gilmore joins us now on You Better, You Bet. Rob, Rod, we sincerely appreciate the time. It's Nick and Ken. Happy New Year to you and yours. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you guys. Hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, all that is is. This is in the lead up to the National Championship game, which is um, a different kind of game this year, right? I wonder if folks are realizing the impact of that, that it's, you don't have an SEC team in there uh, you know, leading the way in the championship game. Yeah, no, no SEC team. Michigan, obviously, well, they win their first semifinal that they've ever won since the playoff has been around there in the title game. A Pac-12 team in the title game. I mean, <laughs> Georgia, TCU last year, definitely different than this or game, two too. two Big Ten teams, and, right? Sure. Two and, Big and Ten teams, Rod, kind of, right? <laughs> projects, to be, projects to be a closer game than we saw last year, too, between Georgia and TCU. That was a really big point spread. This isn't. And Rod, what I'd love to do, just because you know the game so well, is rather than like bets or like, you know, point spread or whatever, like each side of the ball, and maybe just some your expectations maybe a key player and how you see it playing out i think we can go kind of strength versus strength first which is michael Penix jr in the washington offense against michigan's defense one of the best defenses in the country the entire year and i think that defensive line offensive line matchup too right michigan gets so much pressure washington allows like no sacks kind of who wins that maybe decides the game too so uh washington offense michigan defense how do you see it playing out maybe some of your keys to the game well, I, I think that's the real key to the entire game is really what happens with that matchup, the Michigan defense against the Washington offense. You know, um, everybody talks about Michael Penix, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he's had a fantastic season the last two years, as a matter of fact. Um, and, in fact, I think the last time we talked, we were talking about Heisman, and I could not give a list or picks at that point because of just how, how uh, strident they are about that. But Penix got my number one vote for the Heisman this year because I thought he played so great in big games this year. I thought that was really a, a difference for me. But the matchup on this side of the ball, the, the real key is really whether Michigan can get any pressure on Michael Penix Jr. You know, Texas has a really good front, and Texas could not get to him. And when they did try to get to him, Penix was so great at just sliding, moving his feet just a little bit, and using his quick release. So I think the game comes down to whether Michigan defensively can really get some pressure uh, on him. I like the Michigan secondary. Um, I think I mentioned this to you guys before. Really, 
no team in college football, and maybe none in the pros either, nobody really has three defensive backs that can play really elite, really good man-to-man coverage. And when you face a Washington team that has three receivers like they do with McMillan, Odunze, and Polk, um, it's a problem because now you start thinking, well, if we match up with those three guys, one of those guys is going to beat our third corner or our nickelback or our safety, and we don't want to be caught with that with pressure, so maybe we got to play more zone. So that limits the amount of pressure that you can bring, which is, which is a problem. And then when you do bring the pressure, what do we see? We see Michael Penix Jr. <laughs> just perfectly drop the ball, you know, on crossing routes, on deep overs, on go routes. He just makes those throws. So I think that's, that's the problem. If you can't get any pressure on him, it limits what you can do on the back end. So to me, that's the matchup. And like I said, I, I think if there's a secondary out there that can hold up for a while against this secondary, it's Michigan's secondary. Love their corners, love their length, love Will Johnson and Wallace, love what they do on the back end. But, but the third guy, and that's where I think that McMillan – you know, as a third receiver who got healthy mid-season, late season for Washington. All three of these guys are like number one receivers when you talk about Polk, Odunze, and McMillan. So that, that's the problem there. And if they can't get pressure, um, you know, Washington will score. Uh, the other side of the ball, the issue is, you know, just how good that Washington front is against, you know, a Michigan front that loves to pound the ball. And if you watch Alabama, you know, we have a lot of respect for Alabama's defensive front and their linebackers. But what did we see? We saw Michigan able to control the line of scrimmage against one of the toughest fronts in football. So I would give an advantage to uh, Michigan's uh, offensive line against the Washington front. And if they can control the ball and limit the amount of times that Penix has football, you know, then that that's, that's, speaks well for, for Michigan. But I think those are the two keys uh, as I look at the game, really the Washington offense, whether Michigan can get pressure, and if they can't, they've got three receivers to deal with that are a real problem. And then vice versa, uh, Michigan's offensive line, can they really dominate and run the ball? Uh, because they aren't a big play offense. I don't see them you know, getting lots of 20-plus uh, yard pass plays and run plays against the Washington defense. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Great to be talking the national championship game in college football with ESPN college football analyst, our good friend, Rod Gilmore. Rod, tremendous answer there. and You, you hit a lot of different stuff. And I guess the question that I'd like to ask you now is, you know, Michigan beats Alabama, obviously, in the Rose Bowl. But I think we can say probably not the best game for Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. Certainly not the best game for Michigan special teams in that game against Alabama. Uh, what are your expectations for McCarthy coming up in this game against Washington's defense? And, you know, are, do you think the Michigan special teams are going to be like close to as big a disaster as they were against Alabama? Obviously going to play like a large part as to maybe who wins this game coming up on Monday night. Yeah, you know, um, I, I've said this repeatedly. You guys may have heard this too. When you get to a bowl game and it's the first time you've played in six weeks or whatever it was for these teams, it's sort of like that first opening game of the season where you have issues with uh, special teams, you have issues with tackling, simply because you do not go full speed with that in practice because of the risk of injury and the like. So it's sort of a feeling out process in that opening game. And you hopefully 
get those things resolved in the first quarter or so. Well, that, that didn't happen with Michigan. <laughs> I would expect in this game uh, their special teams will be buttoned up now that they've had, you know, the live bullets for, you know, four-plus quarters uh, in a game and they didn't play well. I think you'll see them be much better at it, even without the need of having to go live a lot in practice. I think now they have that under their belt. I think they'll be okay with it. Um, and I think you'll see a cut down in missed tackles. But as for J.J. McCarthy, if this game turns out the way that we, we think it can, where it'll be a close game and, and Washington makes big plays, at some point McCarthy is going to have to deliver you know, for Michigan. Um, and, and can he and will he? Um, he, he's highly rated. He's a guy that when he's been uh, asked to do things, he's come up with it, but he, he isn't often asked to be a guy who needs to complete, you know, a high percentage of passes and deliver big plays, but he has the ability to do that. But uh, can he do it in that situation in the pressure? If you have a fourth quarter, he delivered a big drive for them in their ball game uh, against Alabama. But again, that was one drive late in the game and they were still in position to, to get back in it. But if you're down two scores, can you deliver multiple times? I, I, I don't know. And I think if you're Washington, that's what you count on. You, you go all in on making sure the running game doesn't beat you, and you dare J.J. McCarthy to make enough plays to beat you. Right, we've got like a, a minute, 90 seconds here for this answer. And I, I have to ask you this just because the last time we had John, I know you mentioned that, you know, you were close to the Harbaugh's kind of followed them for a long time. And and you're an expert on the sport. Would love a prediction on the game, just who wins the national championship. If it's Michigan, the first question that will be asked after the game, aside from kind of giving Michigan their their praise and their accolades and everything is, does Jim Harbaugh coach in the NFL? They will have accomplished, won a national title at Michigan, went to the playoff for three years in a row. So who wins the national championship? If it's Michigan, could you see Harbaugh coaching in the NFL next year in about a minute? Well, so so the first thing is, I must really like you guys, you know, because I've been avoiding <laughs> picking this game. You know? <laughs> and the reason I've been avoiding picking it is because it, it's a championship game that I really want to enjoy. And sometimes when you pick a winner, you have a vested interest in trying to be right, you know? And I, I would love to just watch this game and see what happens with it. But, you know, it's you guys, right? So I, I would lean a little bit more to Washington in this game simply because I just haven't seen anyone really get enough pressure on Michael Penix Jr. to limit what they can do offensively. That, that's the thing that just stays with me. I haven't seen anyone do it effectively, consistently. And when Texas didn't do it, it made me wonder if anybody else really can this season. So I would lean there. But if Michigan wins, is Jim Harbaugh done at Michigan? Uh, <laughs> it's a great question because I think for the average person, uh, you'd say, look, I don't want to deal with the NCAA and anything, and so let me move on and get a paycheck and go try to win the Super Bowl that my brother has that I don't have, right? That, that's what the average person would do. But Jim Harbaugh is not the average guy. Jim Harbaugh is, is exactly the kind of guy that would go, well, I want it, and um, no one's going to run me out, so I'm coming back, and we'll just see what the NCAA has to bring. Bring it on. So <laughs> it's a fool's errand to try to predict what Jim Harbaugh is going to do, and I, I'm just one of those guys that believes anything is possible with him. And if you think you know what he's going to do, um, you, you're, really, you're really not on the right path there with that. Rod, I, I don't Rod, think that answers you, but that's my insight to him. <laughs> I, I thought it was a great answer. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to do? I mean, the guy marches to the beat of a different drum. And, Rod, you said some really nice things there that you really like us. Uh, I can tell you, 
we really, really like you and having you on the show. You've been awesome <laughs> yes. the couple times you've joined us this year. Hopefully we can do this next year as well in college football. Stay well. Enjoy the national championship game. And we look to do this down the line. Thank you very much. You guys do the same. And let's kick off uh, the season next year with the chat, guys. I, I really appreciate it and enjoy it. Take care. Absolutely. Yeah. Lock, lock it in now. <laughs> lock, right. lock it yes. in right now. All right. Start to uh, think that far on the, on the other side, YouTube and Twitch will be taking your favorite bets for NFL Week 18.